Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Sows, cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Good morning and a Monday morning. Aaron Zimmerman here with you on the Midwest Farm Report. And welcome to 2022. Hopefully the first few days of the new year have been treating you well. They have been a little bit chilly, and it looks like it's going to stay that way. We'll get a chance to talk with Stu Mock, egg meteorologist, in just a little bit to find out more about the weather forecast. Agriculture is a very data-driven industry. A lot of times we talk about crop data, but I had the chance to talk about livestock data. I talked to Jeff Mayfee. He's part of the American Angus Association, and we visited about how they use data to continue to improve the beef industry and the Angus breed. Later on in the show, Farm Director Pam Yonke will also join our friends at Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Got quite a busy morning, so let's go ahead and get things kicked off here on Monday, January 3rd, 2022. Overlook Farms. Hello, sir. Do you have a minute to chat about the beef jerky of the month? A minute? <laughs> I've got hours. What? Because Ingenia Herbicide from BASF has the lowest use rate, I covered more soybean acres more efficiently. If now's not a good time... Thanks to Ingenia Herbicide, I've got plenty of time. What flavors you got? Oh, we've got barbecue, jalapeno... Ingenia Herbicide is a U.S. EPA-restricted-use pesticide. Every application of Ingenia Herbicide requires the use of a pH-buffering adjuvant. Additional state restrictions may apply. Always read and follow label directions. Well, a new calendar year, hopefully a new positive outlook on the year. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. A lot of that obviously outside of our control, but boy, there was some foundation work done in 2021 that will continue to follow through on 2022, Bob. And I'll tell you what, uh, so many different issues that production agriculture has to stay engaged in, regardless what the calendar says. That's right, Pam. There's no easy fix to the challenges in agriculture. Bob Bosold at the northern end of the world's longest barn recently had a chance to talk to Rob LaRue, and Rob is now the president of the National Farmers Union. We talked to him about a lot of issues. He said a lot of issues are getting his and his organization's attention, but he said there are some that are more of a high priority. Well, I think really probably the issue broadly that farmers and ranchers are facing all across the country has been really related to competition. You know, what we've seen in the cattle markets for a long time, uh, certainly dairy farmers are also facing uh, many of these challenges. But even row crop guys, uh, we have so few players in uh, many of these markets that you end up getting, uh, whether it's price manipulation, collusion, really it's not a free market anymore. Farmers see this from their input costs, their fertilizer costs continuing to skyrocket. You have uh, monopolies really kind of putting a lot of pressure there. Consumers on the other end end up seeing higher prices in the end. We know there's a lot of money in this marketplace, but unfortunately farmers and ranchers uh, and consumers are not really benefiting from that. So for Farmers Union, we're taking this issue which is impacting everybody and really trying to drive some leadership uh, conversation about what needs to change, educating folks on the issue. And so we've launched a campaign called Fairness for Farmers that many of our states right now are really trying to collect stories, 
too often farmers and ranchers feel like their particular story, their situation is not unique or it isn't going to be helpful, but that's not the case. We need to hear uh, their story because for every farm out there, they have pressures, they're trying to make a living, uh, they feel like they're up against a huge disadvantage. We want folks uh, in the general public and certainly in Congress to understand that so that we can get some real and meaningful change. And this is an issue that's not going to cure itself. Action by out in the country or at Congress. Congress, let's face it, this Congress and the last few Congresses haven't been quick to act on hardly anything. <laughs> Boy, no true statement hasn't been uh, said recently, but the, uh, you know, we have a little bit of hope, a little bit of encouragement here. We had uh, just signed into law the bipartisan, you know, that's right, coming out of D.C., a bipartisan bill signed by the president on infrastructure. Now, this was arguably money that should have been invested in our roads, bridges, and uh, other infrastructure, you know, over the last many, many years, so it's way overdue. But finally, issues like rural broadband are also included in here so that, you know, on an issue that too often in the past has been considered like a luxury somehow, that rural Americans shouldn't be connected to the rest of the world. Finally, that's being addressed here, and we're hoping that with additional uh, emphasis on bipartisan solutions, we're going to get somewhere. We're starting to see that in the cattle market uh, bills uh, to try to bring some greater transparency there, make these markets work uh, and function better. Uh, we're seeing bipartisan uh, bills come to that. Uh, cattle groups are coming together uh, around those issues, but it's going to take all of us kind of working towards those solutions because inaction is is no longer acceptable. In these livestock markets, the, the big five have a lot of money and a lot of politicians want to get reelected. Can it be done through legislation to uh, encourage more processing facilities, uh, more open, transparent markets? It has to. If we want to make sure that independent farmers and ranchers remain on the on the farm, uh, we have to find a way through this. Uh, again, I'll, I'll say that I'm a little bit hopeful because we have this uh, bipartisan bill that many in the uh, cattle uh, markets are, are that have been working on this issue support. Somebody highlighted to me that the big processors are against it. <laughs> First of all, that should not be a shock, and it probably is a signal that it's a bill worth supporting. I think consumers in this moment in time finally have a glimpse into the space and what ranchers and farmers have been dealing with for a long time, and they understand that this is unfair. They understand the impact that it has on them. And so we're certainly going to be doing everything possible to make sure that we can use this momentum to actually get this change in there. This is not about, you know, guaranteeing a profit or a margin for anybody, right? But it's about, you know, quite frankly, what America should be about, and that is making sure that these markets function in a truly free market enterprise. One of the things that's coming up is a new farm bill very, very soon. 2018 farm bill, you know, has been a pretty effective document in many areas. But as we look to write a new farm bill, what can be improved on as far as you're concerned from the 2018 farm bill? We're losing farmers every day from all the pressures that we're facing right now. So just continuing the farm bill kind of in its current path is just a, a signal to keep facing the same pressures and losing more and more farmers. So I would argue that this next farm bill really needs to take a close look at, you know, A, these competition issues. The 2008 farm bill, that was years ago at, at this point, it had a competition title in it. They've tried to protect, put protections in there for farmers and ranchers and tried to address some of these challenges. We need a return to that kind of thing. We need a return to making sure the dairy farmers are getting a fair price for their milk. There, Right now, uh, the system is, quite frankly, not working to keep farmers and ranchers on the It is simply perpetuating this consolidation that we're seeing, and we don't need more of the same.
other issues, of course, this administration coming in as far as trade is concerned. With Catherine Tai as our trade ambassador, she's not really focused on a phase two with China. There are some other things uh, as far as uh, her philosophy and the Biden administration. What are your thoughts as far as uh, a trade and going forward, we need more trade agreements? Well, we do, but I would argue that we need to make sure that these uh, trade agreements are going to ultimately be to the benefit of, of farmers and ranchers. We often think just knee-jerk that, you know, if we just open up more markets, that that is going to benefit farmers and ranchers. But we haven't always seen that with trade agreements. And just selling commodities at below market prices isn't a, uh, a benefit either. So making sure that we uh, have trade agreements that give us real meaningful markets out there uh, is going to be important. There's ongoing conversations, obviously, with the U.K. You know, we continue to struggle uh, with the challenges uh, in the EU. But you're right. I mean, Catherine Tai, uh, she certainly has a background uh, to help address the China market itself. And she was somebody who received very, very broad uh, support across, you know, all parties and all parts of agriculture. So there's a lot of hope placed on her that she will be able to kind of thread this needle. But uh, we aren't going to be able to keep those markets strong if we just focus domestically. We have to have international markets, but we need to make sure that those markets are going to be ones that return a favorable price to U.S. farmers. And of course, the uh, renewable fuel standards, the, the games they seem to be playing with the EPA and uh, what are those mandates going to be, the EPA releasing some of those, and the Biden administration focusing on electric cars. There are some head-scratching things in this area of, uh, of energy. There is. And, you know, look, it was devastating um, uh, over the last uh, several years uh, when the last administration you know, granted the exemptions to the oil refiners. Uh, it just devastated the industry. It's hard to be able to keep producing, and that's a market that has an immediate impact back on uh, producers' bottom line. Looking forward, we were optimistic uh, that this administration was going to see the value in biofuels. We believe they do. They have provided money in there for infrastructure. Uh, there's additional money in there that's very substantial in the Build Back Better plan. USDA has done their own uh, work there. Our conversations with EPA have been positive, but unfortunately, you know, we need to see real signals. Uh, we're a little bit concerned about what their uh, volume levels are going to be, what that's going to mean. But we continue to see biofuels as a bright spot. We will continue to be working with any administration to make sure that they see the benefits to consumers, to the environment, quite frankly, to the climate, to farmers as well. One final question as we handle a lot of topics here in Congress. The House has passed the Farmer Workforce Bill. It's sitting in the Senate. Are they going to pass it? It's a good bill, and uh, certainly Farmers Union supports it. It has the support of the vast majority of the major um, ag groups uh, who have been working this issue for a very long time. It also has the support of the, the primary farm worker groups, and it has bipartisan support in Congress. It is mystifying, I have to tell you, having worked on this issue for a long time, that we can't take an issue where you have so much bipartisan support, broad support from all parties, that you can't get this through uh, now the Senate. We are having conversations with the Senate. The, What's the, the holdup in the Senate? Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's another, that's like an existential question probably. What is the holdup in general uh, with the Senate? Uh, there shouldn't be any on this issue. I would argue that too often on this issue, we don't look for the common sense solutions that those being affected can find. It gets wrapped into much bigger issues around immigration and so forth that become a much bigger thorn. If ag could have solved this issue on their own years ago, uh, it would already be there. 
You're not going to run out of work anytime soon, Rob, that's for sure. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Rob LaRue, president of the National Farmers Union. Again, so many issues to deal with just in agriculture. I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle, and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe this spring with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. You've collected a lifetime of jewelry. Some of it you'll never give up. Others, well, it can continue to be hidden away or you can repurpose it and bring it back to life with the help of William Thomas Custom Jewelry. The master designers at William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create that one-of-a-kind piece that's redesigned, updated, and uniquely you. Something you'll definitely want to show off the minute you put it on. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. If you've been injured in a bad crash, you might think the facts are so clear that you don't need an attorney. Big mistake. Insurance companies have many arguments to reduce settlements, no matter how clear the claim may seem. I'm John Rihala. At Clifford & Rihala, we have the experience you need to take on those arguments and win. Recent example. A young woman was driving when an oncoming car crossed the center line and crashed into her head-on. She was severely injured and paralyzed and needed experienced lawyers. Though her case seemed clear, the insurance companies still came up with lots of reasons why they didn't want to pay. We fought for her and made sure she and her family received the full compensation they deserved. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys, fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Time now for our Compere Financial Ag Weather Update with Stu Mock, Ag Meteorologist. Now, Stu, from what I'm seeing, it looks like things are going to be kind of chilly for a while, but as far as snow or anything like that, things look like they might be pretty quiet. Pretty much so. There is going to be a bit of a chance with it, though, Aaron, and we're going to watch a cold front that's going to drop south out of Canada. That little front dropped down in North Dakota already this morning, far northwest Minnesota. Oh, there's not a big band of snow with it or anything like that. Just cold air. In fact, you look at the weather radar on the nationwide scale today to see some snow out Washington, Oregon, northern California with some rain. And we're going to hear more about snow and heavy wet snow. Oh, like Washington, D.C., the east coast of the U.S. Those folks are going to have a real winter storm situation around today. Not here. We just have the cold air. We know that, of course, it was cold yesterday, another cold day today, colder than normal. And that front that's dropping south out of Canada will assure us that some cold air really does sock in. But the boundary kind of drops down into the Dakotas, Minnesota, Wisconsin, becomes stationary. And then low pressure will move east along the boundary. So we have to look ahead a bit. And my expectation is that as some clouds build in and temperatures moderate a little bit right ahead of that front, 
which sounds really great for Tuesday, but then precipitation is going to become more of a possibility. Tuesday night, Wednesday, I expect some snow. Oh, at times in Tuesday night, especially in southern Wisconsin, could be a, just a little freezing rain mixing in. I think most of us just talk about some snow Tuesday night that lasts into the day Wednesday. Now, at Eau Claire, that could very well be a one to three inch snowfall. Everybody else a whole lot less, maybe up to an inch. That's about the most of it. But we are going to notice that with that snow falling then as we make our way into Wednesday, that cold air returns. So those temperatures that moderate right ahead of the system for Tuesday, in fact, even above normal, I expect for Tuesday, drop again. They get colder through Wednesday and stay much colder than normal as we head on toward Thursday and Friday. A cold week, this first week of January, with the exception of that one warm-up day Tuesday, uh, that whole first week of January will stay colder than normal. So make sure we pay attention to uh, machines that may not like the cold all that much, to watering for the livestock, all of that stuff now playing in effect. We've got to keep that uh, awareness of that what that cold weather could do to us and where it might find us where we weren't quite ready for it as we get this season underway. I really expect a little colder air mass. Looks like it sticks around right through next week as well. So the wintry weather indeed is going to be settling in and sticking around as we get a good part of this month of January underway. Saw some up to 10-day guidance indicating a much colder than normal pattern will be around. I'll have forecast details right after this. Start off the new year strong by participating in the Dairy Business Association's annual Dairy Strong Conference, January 19th and 20th at the Monona Terrace in Madison. Dairy Strong brings together a wide variety of management philosophies and allows you to explore innovative ideas. At Dairy Strong, surround yourself with forward-thinking farmers and business owners. Register for the Dairy Business Association's annual Dairy Strong Conference at dairyforward.com. Virtual options are also available. Let's keep dairy strong. Alrighty, Sue, let's hear that full weather forecast that we got coming for us. All right, Aaron. Well, that Compure Financial Ag weather forecast is for a nice sunny, bright Monday, and that's all right. A lot of upper teens, that's about the most we can hope for. Uh, the wind chill values, yep, they're still there around uh, 5 below, 10 below this morning. Southwest winds develop at about 5 to 10. Now, we stay clear in the nighttime. Not quite so cold. Low teens, a few upper single digits here and there. South winds will be around 5 to 10. But Tuesday, clouds build in. Mostly cloudy skies pretty quickly develop. Eau Claire, La Crosse, even Mauston. Expect temps, though, in the very upper 20s and low 30s with south winds at 5 to 15. It's Tuesday night with the clouds and some snow develops. Like I said, in the south, maybe a little freezing rain could pop in late in the nighttime, more likely just some snow around, and that snow lasts into Wednesday morning. Cloudy skies and snow, a breezy Wednesday. Like I've said, one to three at Eau Claire, an inch or so at La Crosse, a little lighter than an inch or less. Oshkosh, Fond du Lac, Beaverdam, even Madison. Temps, unfortunately, fall toward the low teens through the day Wednesday with those west winds at 10 to 20, even gusting near 35. So a real windy kind of mess with that snow that could still be around for Wednesday morning. And then the clouds stick around Thursday and Friday, low double digits for highs, single digits Friday for highs, and a pretty cold start toward the weekend. It's just a time now, Aaron, that uh, keep your winter gear handy, keep it ready. 
because we're just going to get a little tease tomorrow and then cold winter weather after that. Definitely sounds like it. And, you know, like you say, a little bit cold temperatures, some snow, those kind of things. You know, and you mentioned a little bit, but wind chills, is that going to be a real big problem, big thing that we're kind of looking at, or are they going to be a little more mild? I guess yesterday was sunny and not that windy, so it wasn't quite as cold as it could feel. Right, it wasn't too bad. I mean, the wind's 5 to 10 or so here today, even tomorrow, not a major factor uh, with that strong wind on Wednesday, uh, count on it. I mean, gusts up to 35, wind chills will be pushing down there to 20 below and better. And then later in the week, I don't think it'll be quite as windy. So, you know, not the brutal wind chills, but nonetheless, daytime highs in the single digits, nighttime's back to zero and below. That's cold enough. Just take good care of yourself. Definitely. Always a good thing to keep an eye on. Well, that's your Compier Financial Ag Weather Update. Compier Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. For more information, visit Compier.com. That's Stu Muck, Ag Meteorologist. Have a great day, Stu, and we will talk to you later. You bet, Aaron. Keep warm. You too. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. In today's ultra-competitive home market, it's important that you have a local lender on your side to get your offer accepted. Sellers and realtors want to work with me because they know there will be no surprises and the deal get done on time. Educated Mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the Mortgage Man. NMLS number 222652. If you're talking, they will hear you. killed yeah well kyle's not here how come kicked off the team didn't tim tell you kyle and some other kids got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago really yeah zero tolerance he's out for the season come on it's a first offense right that we know of but why should that matter he knew not to drink i've made it clear to matt that's what we expect from him what have you said to tim um nothing really you know, a lot of kids try it at this age, so... I... Yeah, well, a lot of kids don't try it, too. I'm not saying that Matt's going to be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink, how's he going to know? You think kids that age really listen? <laughs> they never admit it, Bill, but they hear more than you think. Talk. They hear you. For more information about talking with kids about underage drinking, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Killed. Yeah, well, Kyle's not here. How come? Kicked off the team. Didn't Tim tell you? Kyle and some other kids got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Come on, it's a first offense, right? That we know of. But why should that matter? He knew not to drink. I've made it clear to Matt that's what we expect from him. What have you said to Tim? Um, nothing really. You know, a lot of kids try it at this age, so... Yeah, well, a lot of kids don't try it, too. I'm not saying that Matt's going to be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink, how's he going to know? You think kids that age really listen? (laughs) They never admit it, Bill, but they hear more than you think. Talk. They hear you. For more information about talking with kids about underage drinking, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. It's that time of year for giving and taking. 
With so many people shopping online because of the pandemic, this holiday season, we are expected to have a record-breaking year for home deliveries and those pesky porch pirates. These adventurous thieves feast on crimes of opportunity, often finding their treasure in apartment complexes and vulnerable front porches. If you'd like to keep your deliveries, Madison Erie Crime Stoppers has a few package theft prevention tips. Have your packages held at your local carrier facility for pickup. Take advantage of ship to store for curbside pickup or check out Amazon's locker feature. You can request that your package have a signature confirmation upon delivery. Ask your carrier to place packages in an area out of plain view. Have packages delivered to your work. Schedule delivery for times you will be home. Have packages delivered to a neighbor who is home or install a video doorbell. Since they are already on your property and porch, some of these porch pirates will also check for unlocked doors. So make sure that the exterior of your home and any vehicles are locked up every day and night. If you have any information regarding porch pirates, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. What have we here? Crackers. At least I think they are. They're in a cellophane wrapper. There are two of them. Crackers always travel in pairs. They snap like crackers. Crumble like them, too. Nine out of ten cracker eaters would give them a positive ID. But these aren't crackers. They're dinner. Jim Krevick's for five days straight. There are people like Jim all across Madison. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply people like Jim over $950,000 in food through Dane County's busiest food pantry. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in clothing, shelter, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. You've collected a lifetime of jewelry. Some of it you'll never give up. Others, well, it can continue to be hidden away or you can repurpose it and bring it back to life with the help of William Thomas Custom Jewelry. The master designers at William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create that one-of-a-kind piece that's redesigned, updated, and uniquely you. Something you'll definitely want to show off the minute you put it on. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. When it comes to Wisconsin athletics for the best of 2021, it's Wisconsin volleyball. Why not Wisconsin hockey? Women's hockey. Rowdy, what did Wisconsin hockey do again? Wisconsin women's hockey. No, what, what, they won it oh, all. Oh, yeah, Wisconsin women's hockey, yeah. yeah. But I'm saying Wisconsin volleyball had never won it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got Wisconsin you. hockey yeah. had yep. women's, and, which is incredible. Fruition. Don't get me wrong. But Wisconsin volleyball, first time they had done it, and yeah. especially against a, their former coach mm-hmm. who 23 years ago – I don't know if you heard this. Said, said they'll never win without me. Can't win here. Or we can't win in Wisconsin. And what they do? They beat them. They went. Psh, psh, psh. They punked them in a very exciting match. Uh, all right. So there you go. The, the football. I'm really racking the brain. It's really just Braylon Allen. Yeah. And the, I mean the defense is constant. Grit factory. Fans back in the stands. Yeah. Other death, than that, I death, couldn't tell you. Death row. Death row. Not Shug Knight. Up until they didn't drop back and cover people in the middle of the field. Yeah, almost lost on the Nebraska game. Lost on the Minnesota game. Uh, I guess well, the offense really not showing up at the Minnesota game. Lost them the Minnesota. Could you say game. that the mayor came in at the dead of night to um, stay the execution of death row? That's why they weren't back there. Sure. <laughs> I'm just not trying to think of something. All right, then when it comes to uh, how about this for a football side of things? Aaron Charles Rodgers, as you just said a couple minutes ago, RJ, winning another MVP, his third. In the year of 2021 was absolutely incredible. Los Bucks. 
uh, for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, anything else for the Packers besides Rodgers? I guess him surpassing Brett Favre's touchdown record? That yeah, was a good moment of 2021. Basically just Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, it was once again another loss in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Matt LaFleur making some records, but I've, if you were to ask Matt LaFleur, like fastest coach to, what was it, 30-something wins and then yada, yada, yada. But if you were to ask LaFleur, it'd be like, yo, dude, I just want to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So I'd say Rodgers and the MVP. Not happy with the NFC championship game. Rodgers and the MVP is about it for the Packers. I mean, NFC Norris, whatever. (laughs) Can't even count them on two hands now of how many they've won the past. Yeah. So Packers is that. And then, yes, another MVP. Giannis Adenikumbo, the Milwaukee Bucks, winning the NBA Finals. And Giannis, the NBA's Finals MVP. His order at Chick-fil-A. 50 nuggets in honor of 50 years of the Bucks winning the championship. Well, he also dropped 50 points. And he dropped 50 points. <laughs> not 49, <laughs> not 51, 50. and a Sprite and lemonade. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, the Milwaukee Bucks, that was huge. And then when we look at this, how about the Milwaukee Brewers? Now, I know they did not go far in the playoffs. No, I don't want them on anything. Well, you're going to get it right here. Corbin, Corbin Burns. Burns. Cy Young Award winner, the first since I'll 1982. I don't want the team on anything. I'm still he pissed. Plays for the Brewers, Rowdy. Well, he's, he's okay with the player. Yeah. Corbin Burns. The Brewers. Yeah, I did, Rowdy, actually. The Brewers don't make a list. The Milwaukee Brewers starting pitcher, Corbin Burns, Cy Young Award winner. Yeah, you're singling out an Incredible. Yeah. As it was the first time since 82. So that's crazy. And other than that for the Brewers. Nothing. Again, they don't deserve anything. Yeah. Just they Corbin choked Burns. Down, yeah. They choked. They won the Central. Okay, we saw them do that in 2018. And then they choked. Well, I, I guess you could maybe talk about uh, Fastball Freddy and... Woody as well. And Hater. I mean, yeah. But, like, so pitchers. Yeah, and the pitching then, staff for the Brewers. And then, you know, the rest of it was pretty much like, meh. And, I mean, they did for their, what was it, their third time winning the NL Central 2021. Yeah. So you could say winning the NL Central, I guess, is a, for the Packers winning the NFC North, whatever, for the Brewers winning the NL, uh, the NL Central is, is cool because it's still kind of new. And, I mean, we what, 75% but, of the time if you play the Brewers and and beat them in the playoffs, you're going to win the World Series? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. But you have a 100% chance of making it. Yes. Yes. So Corbin Burns winning Cy Young is the biggest. <laughs> that's, that's huge for Corbin Burns and the Milwaukee Brewers. Absolutely incredible. And anything else just off the top of our heads? I'm sure I think there's more. Just listing all of them, I think the two clear-cut ones are Milwaukee Bucks championship. It's been 50 years. I think a lot of people never thought they'd see that again. And Wisconsin volleyball for winning their first national championship ever. Mm-hmm. I think that's got to be your top two. Yeah. Hobie Baker was pretty huge for Wisconsin hockey where they were before. Yeah. And I mean, it's second Hobie Baker. They won. Uh, it's not like, over a championship, but yes. Right. Much like uh, the Heisman trophy. Um, probably should have one more Hobie Baker. In there, Wisconsin should have Steve Reinprecht back in the day. Because we know your barn smells like money. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hey, Aaron Zimmerman back here with you on the Midwest Farm Report this morning. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. Now, we always hear about data when it comes to crops. 
yield data, production data. But what about when it comes to our livestock? I had the chance to talk with Jeff Mafey of the American Angus Association when we were at the National Association of Farm Broadcasters Convention. We talked about all things data in the beef industry and how they work to collect that data to make best use of it and continue to advance the beef industry. So really the, the holy grail at the American Angus Association would be our database. And our membership registers in excess of 300,000 head per year. So there's a lot of information that comes in and data and birth and weaning and phenotypic information as well as carcass data from our commercial audience as well. So to improve the accuracy of those genetics with those phenotypic infor- the phenotypic information and the genomics coupled is really one of the things that goes on there every day that is to protect the value and the integrity of that database. Uh, Recently, just a few years ago, there were some new indexes put in place for commercial users to take advantage of. Dollar M or dollar maternal was put in place, as well as dollar C or dollar combined index was put in place. So they're fairly new tools. This year in fiscal year 22, we surpassed a million genomic tests that came through the association. So that part hasn't changed. This thing's moving very fast, uh, but gathering and and that information and, and making those tools as accurate as possible to better serve not only our seed stock providers, but our commercial users of Angus genetics. Definitely. Now, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, you always think about data in the crop industry, you know, yield data, all that kind of stuff. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, that data that we're collecting in the beef cattle industry and, you know, how much of a challenge that is, but, you know, how you can encourage people that it's really an important thing to submit birth weights, submit weaning weights, yearling weights, carcass data, that kind of stuff. So a couple different audiences, obviously. Uh, One, our our seed stock providers to better characterize their herd and add the accuracy to those predictions within their own herd relative to their environment is very, very important. You know, our our commercial users want to be able to better quantify and benchmark that herd performance. And so within their own herd, a lot of times they keep that information as well, whether it was weaning performance on a set of cows year over year, or they retain ownership, getting that carcass data back and seeing where they really stand in the big picture, not only from a premium standpoint, but how they can better select bulls to make some improvement year over year. Let's talk about, you know, let's go back to the accuracy thing and, you know, how you continue to work to, I guess, dig into it a little farther, try to get it more accurate and make them the most useful to anybody in the industry. So, you know, when when a calf is born, they start out with interim numbers and, and a very low accuracy of 0.05. Uh, as that individual producer starts to turn in weights and performance information, depending on the, the contemporary group size, it adds accuracy to those traits he's recorded for. Uh, with genomics, um, it adds even more accuracy than, you know, a bull that could sire 25 calves and so that's real powerful information uh of course our 
within AGI, uh, the models that are used now relative to the data that we've captured adds about as strong accuracy as possible. No, actually, it's interesting that you talk about that genomics thing, you know, because we've done a little genetic testing in our herd, that kind of thing. But Wisconsin's a huge dairy state, and genomics is no new game to dairy. But it is a little bit to beef. You know, let's talk about the value of that in the beef industry and how, I guess, it's becoming more popular. Yeah, so like we talked, you can take some very, very young parents, much like in the dairy world, and understand that, have a better idea where you're headed quicker and so our progeny equivalent ratio is about 20 to 25 calves with that genomic test not only you know is the american angus association helping angus producers all around the united states but there are a lot of people as well that use angus and across whether you're herford simmental whatever you might be let's talk about the value of that for just the beef industry as a whole even if you're not a purebred angus producer so using Angus bulls, one of the things that it's always done, it's made them black and polled and made a consistent calf crop. Okay, And there's breed complementarism obviously going on when we look at making F1 baldies and increasing marbling, those sort of things. You know, our, our certified Angus beef brand, which is an entity of the American Angus Association, there's premiums to be gained as well. Something that's fairly new and and a big buzzword is Angus on dairy right now. We know that those dairy carcasses have always been in the marketplace. Those dairy producers have have certainly understood its Angus work very well on Holstein cattle uh, and it's upgrading those carcasses and those cattle really to hit some various targets as well. Definitely, and I think that's a good thing for Wisconsin people to hear, obviously, having so many Holsteins in in Wisconsin and and feeding out Holsteins as well. Well, here with Jeff Mafey of the American Angus Association talking about all things genetic data and how the Angus Association is working to serve their members and other cattle producers all across the United States. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Many across the state of Wisconsin will be getting out soon to go ice fishing. And the Wisconsin DNR and UW Extension are asking anglers to help prevent the spread of aquatic invasive species this winter. They can help reduce transmission by checking for and removing any mud or plant material clinging to their gear, sleds, or ice fishing shacks before leaving fishing spots. Two common non-native aquatic plants in Wisconsin include the curly leaf pondweed and Eurasian water milfoil, which remain hardy in the winter. Now let's go ahead and take a look at our commodity markets this morning on Monday. Monday, January 3rd. March corn currently at $6, up six and three quarters. January soybeans at 1347 and a half, up 18 and three quarters. March wheat up seven at 777 and three quarters. The January milk contract at 1990 down 14 cents, while the February contract is down seven cents at 2065. On Friday, barrel cheese finished at 171 unchanged, 40 pound blocks also unchanged at 198, and double A butter up a half at 245 and a quarter. There's a look at your commodity markets this morning. We'll be right back as Farm Director Pam Yonke joins our friends from Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. This year, Dairyland Seed has been all about less talk and more yield. Well, the Wisconsin Corn Trials results are in, and they don't have to say much because the yield numbers speak for themselves. Four first-place finishes and 27 top-five finishes in Wisconsin First Trials to go along with 44 top-ten finishes across the state. Now that's bringing the yield. To see which Dairyland Seed corn hybrids are performing best in your area of Wisconsin, visit DairylandSeed.com. Imagine a brand new maintenance-free look for your home's exterior. Have Prairie Exteriors show you options like architecturally designed siding, which can give you the look of cedar without the worry of woodpeckers or painting. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Time for another holiday chat with our friends from Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Remember that organization driven entirely by the contributed dollars from our dairy farm families all across the state of Wisconsin. And I'll tell you, right around now, they are a busy, busy bunch, that is for sure. Joining us to share some of the messages that they're working with through the holiday season to help consumers understand about the dairy products that uh, they're enjoying is our chief operating officer at Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. That's Jen Welsh. Jen, it... I was teasing her before we started how the little dairy elves are busy at Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. It's not just about product movement. It's also about making sure consumers understand what they're enjoying, correct? That is absolutely true, Pam. We know that consumers really do want to know a lot about the products that they're buying. They want to understand who made the products, where they came from, how everything was produced. So having that transparency is really important to consumers. Well, and the thing that some dairy farmers may forget, you know you're doing a good job. You believe it, you see it in the products, but we do have to go that extra step to get that message out there. You cannot assume anymore. Right. No, that's absolutely true. It's so tempting because we know what we make. We know how great it is, but you're absolutely right, Pam. We need to make sure that we're sharing that message with consumers because believe it or not, 
not everybody thinks about dairy all the time like we do. So, so we really do need to concentrate on getting the message out and, and telling consumers about the great products, about the people who are making it so that they can feel good about the products that they're buying. Well, and more and more since the pandemic, people pay attention to those stories as well. Now, Jen, is this, it's not something new. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin has been sharing these stories on how our products are produced for a long time, but it feels to me like you're going to put an even bigger emphasis on that story in 2022. Yeah, I mean, storytelling is so important. It's, you know, it's almost a buzzword these days when we talk about storytelling, But it is the way that brands can connect with consumers. Consumers are really looking for a meaningful connection, not just, you know, in our relationships, our personal relationships, which, of course, we are. But consumers really do want to have meaningful relationships with brands as well. So they're looking to those stories to try to see where do I share values with this brand or how is this brand like me? Where is that um, affinity that I can feel for a brand? And the only way to do that with consumers is to tell those stories. Jen Walsh along with us, Chief Operating Officer at Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Now, the goal of these messages is to continue to make sure that Wisconsin dairy is relevant to consumers. So tell me a little bit about some of the changes you've noticed, maybe through the pandemic, Jen, when it comes to shopping behavior. Yeah, I mean, the pandemic certainly just you know, threw everything up in the air in terms of shopping. And we saw huge changes early on in the pandemic in March of, you know, 2020, April of 2020. Things have certainly not gone back to the way they were pre-pandemic, but we have settled into, you know, I hate to use the term new normal. You hear it all the time and it, it does make my eyes roll too, but that is kind of where we are in this new normal. And we see that consumers have um, a newfound importance that they're placing on sustainability. It was a big deal before the pandemic. Then then during the pandemic, when we were really most focused on, you know, staying safe and staying healthy, the focus on sustainability dropped a little bit. But now here at the end of 2021, we're seeing that consumers once again are saying sustainability is a really important issue to them. It's the highest we've ever seen it, uh, with 7% of of Americans saying, the environment is the biggest issue facing the U.S. Now, 7% might not sound like a big number to you. You know, frankly, it's not, but it's way bigger than the 1% that it was just a couple years ago. And remember that 7%, so one in, you know, what, 13 Americans say the environment is even more important than health care, than education, than COVID, than all of those things. So it's, it really is becoming an increasingly important issue for consumers. Well, and for anybody that's been paying attention, you're noticing it in uh, a lot of campaigns that focus in on recycled materials, plastic, et cetera. Dairy still fits very well in that sustainability story. It does. Absolutely, it does. In fact, when we ask consumers, hey, how are you changing your life because of your concerns about the environment? And they are. This concern that they have about the climate and the environment isn't just, you know, an academic or a theoretical concern. They are actually changing their lives because of this concern. So they're they're buying less packaged food. They're, um, you know, looking at local. Some of them are considering organic, but they really are changing their lives. But one of the, the, the one of the things that they're not doing is abandoning dairy. So we do see concerns about sustainability in dairy, but consumers really do understand that dairy still plays a role in their lives. I think there is a lot that we can do to really promote the sustainability efforts of the dairy industry to make sure that we don't lose that standing. 
Uh, but certainly there there is a role for dairy in this conversation. Jen Walsh, along with us, she is their chief operating officer at Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. We're talking about some of the consumer trends we're dealing with today and we'll see emphasized in 2022. You know, we talk about having people understand where their food comes from, Jen. Man, that is where our Wisconsin dairy industry just seems to shine. Oh, absolutely. We have such a great story to tell. I mean, we have all of the history, right? You know, you know, you and I know that <laughs> Wisconsin has been making cheese since before Wisconsin was a state. But let's tell consumers that because that history and that tradition is really important to them. It's also a great story that we have about the innovation. Yes, we've been doing this for a really long time, but we're not just relying on the past to propel us forward. We have great innovation happening uh, in the in the dairy industry. You know, working with the Center for Dairy Research and a lot of innovative. Uh, companies and cheeses and flavorings out there. So innovation is really is a big deal to consumers too. And really even just talking about all of the awards that Wisconsin cheese wins. You know, Wisconsin cheese is the most awarded cheese in the world, and that means a lot to consumers. So that's another aspect of that story that we want to make sure to share with consumers. So when they're out there, you know, making their cheese purchases to put on their holiday cheese boards, they remember that. You know, Jim, maybe explain for the dairy farmers out there how diligent your team is at Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin of continuously watching consumer trends. I mean, this is where the rubber meets the road in not only uh, generating these products, but you've got to make sure that channel is wide open and accepted by consumers. Tell them about the extensive research that your team is constantly monitoring on these trends. Yeah, absolutely. So the insights and information team at Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, that is what we do. That our mission is to make sure that we are providing those data-driven insights to both the internal organization, but to the dairy industry in Wisconsin at large. So we're looking at retail sales trends, right? We have a database that, um, that keeps track of every product that's sold in grocery. So we're looking at what is trending in cheese? What flavors? What varieties? What sizes? Is it conventional versus organic? Is it lactose-free? Um, all of the different formats. So we're tra- tracking that all the time to stay on top of those trends to see what's rising, maybe what is um, getting less important to consumers. So we're tracking that all the time. We're also keeping tabs on just broader consumer trends, right? There are very few things that, very few trends that just stay within one lane. So even earlier, I was talking about the sustainability. That's not a dairy trend. That isn't even a, a consumer packaged goods trend. That is a very broad trend that's impacting consumers overall. So we are also doing a lot of research just on the general consumer mindset because everything that's out there in the universe will find its way into the dairy aisle. Oh, for sure. And that's information that you folks garnish and share willingly within our Wisconsin dairy industry, right? Absolutely. So we do this all to support the Wisconsin dairy industry. If a cheese company or dairy company is using Wisconsin milk, we are happy to share the information and the insights that we have because, again, our purpose is to really drive the Wisconsin dairy industry forward. So we're here to support any Wisconsin cheese and dairy company. Boy, planning for an exciting 2022 with those very messages consumers are looking for, buying local, wanting to know the story, and of course, sustainability. Jen Walsh is the Chief Operating Officer for our friends at Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, bringing you this update, of course, uh, fueled entirely by the dairy farm families of the state of Wisconsin.